All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 141 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, before we get started here, this episode is presented by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head on over to BetOnline.ag or download the BetOnline app to get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, great stuff here, Mots. I, I know we, uh, you know, time to get into the to the recap of the weekend. I know you were in a little golf tournament since we last chatted, but how's everything going? Yeah, doing pretty well, man. Had uh, some hockey, but, uh, you know, kind of a, the highlight of the, the Yeah, get into was... the highlight. I, I know where you want to go here yeah. right off the rip. Forget yeah, yeah. about these, you know, the youth hockey stuff that we're dealing <laughs> with. Talk about your own glory. Yeah, I mean, you just threw me a softball. But, yeah, there was um, a little golf outing at Old Sandwich. Uh, my my buddy, my boss, Andy Erickson, and I will probably played in 50 tournaments together as partners and Minimum. Really even sniffed, you know, being uh, competitive. But, um, yeah, the stars aligned and – you know, he played great. It was a two-day tournament, so it was aggregate uh, best ball. So, you know, you can't blow up together on a hole. So it's just you got to stay in it. And um, we ended up uh, taking down the trophy, the overall net winners. So Wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty great. We had uh, Mike Maroney as our caddy, really just talking us through it, more of a psychiatrist, you know, when things were kind of getting a little – squirrely he was your golf course shrink yeah pretty much so a lot to him and um yeah but just it was just a great great week uh weekend we had a practice round there as they had played friday saturday and it was just uh one of those you know kind of thing like i said the stars aligned i found something on, on hole number four in the practice round you know <laughs> just found it and then uh, it was around the hole and like I said, Andy played awesome off the tee. It was, you know, we, we got off to a pretty good start. Birdie uh, par with a chip in, and it was just uh, off and running from there. But so what happened, you know, you get this cool little plaque, and um, I went down to Connecticut to uh, meet up with my son and his team, and I brought it into the locker room, um, you know, just being like, hey, you guys, you guys can call me uh, Coach Champ now. Mm. And, um, you know, I had them – touch it on the way out going out to the game and you know whatever but it was like play like hey. a champion today like you're at Notre Dame yeah no I was like hey it doesn't get old winning championships and winning doesn't suck mm. so um they proceeded to go out and lose four to one but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that didn't work <laughs> but no oh, overall was, yeah a lot of fun you know competing with my buddy um 
you know, and, and coming out on top. So, you know, the, the future's bright yeah. to, to, to keep uh, trying to win some championships together now. No, that's good. I mean, because Andy and I have, have, have chatted a little bit behind the scenes and, and the fact that he's actually still kept you around as a partner and, and is for this long is, uh, is more of a surprise here. Uh, no, it's so lo- loyalty, you know, it is he loyal. It was coming. He knew it was coming. Right. He knew you guys were knocking on the door. Like you said, I mean, you, you guys haven't sniffed the championship and, and it, you're saying 50 member guests. I'm saying at least 150. Uh, it's probably <laughs> been 15 plus years that you guys have been playing together multiple tournaments a summer, but uh, I'm proud of you. Congratulations. I'm glad you, you know, you finally figured something out uh, on the fourth tee of the uh, of the practice round you know so that's great no congratulations and congrats to, to andy we, we need to get that posted up on uh on on the instagram and the twitter really get it out there and let people know that mozzarella sticks is uh is is a champion yeah i was gonna try and get him on the podcast for a quick cameo just i know minutes. we should yeah we'll get we'll get him on and have him tell his side of the story on you know he's a good he's a patient gm that's all i can say yeah i mean if any other company, uh, yeah, the rebuild doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't last that long. No. It doesn't last that long. So, he, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate all the opportunities, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to have uh, a little championship in the, in, the, uh, in the feather in the cap, championship plaque to go right up uh, next to the Hobie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, your wife must be proud. I was going to uh, put it over the bed, but she's like, no. <laughs> oh that's great um well yeah same thing i'm sure you uh i know you were down in connecticut how'd the games go i, I know you 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 know they, they didn't get the uh the boys didn't get the luck on saturday with the four to one loss but how how was the tournament overall it was uh, more of a showcase right down at yale yeah so uh saturday uh really good game two nothing win against the gulls uh good good team out of long island and then um Lost to the Avon Regals. Uh, they, they're a strong team, though. They, they played well um, defensively and moved pucks and kind of a letdown game. But the one thing that I said to him, I was just like, hey, listen, you guys have to raise your level of expectation, you know, personally and then collectively as a group. Um, and that starts with execution. You know, you, you expect to execute. And then if it's not going that way, then you have to find a way to be a little bit more, say, focused on, the areas that are important on the ice, number one, but that level of ex- execution, starting with the mental focus and then the physical kind of execution of the passing. It was really like passing more than anything. A lot mm. of uh, turnovers led to goals. So that was my message to him after the game, and uh, we got back at it tonight on the ice. So we'll see how things shake out on the weekend, but uh, that's just one thing, which is lo- like raising that kind of expectation of your own game. Right. No, that's great. Um, yeah, same thing here was a, a you know, you, you continue to spew those same messages, which you, you think kids are getting, obviously, uh, coaching at the 2011 level and uh, good group. We had a, we had a great game Saturday versus the Junior Eagles here and, and you know, um, good, hard, competitive game. Every game is really meaningful at this time of year, which is tough because it's it's so early in the year. Um but kids are battling, competing, and making plays, and and fighting through different adversities. So it's it was good, and 
another game on Sunday and, and um, you know, snuck one out. Uh, the Kings played us fairly difficult. Um, you know, they, they kind of locked us down defensively and kept things simple on their end. And, and we snuck out a win kind of last minute. So it was a uh, really good game, hard fought battle and good learning experience uh, for the kids. And, and that's what I, you know, kind of my message to them and then the, my hockey rankings, right. All that stuff has, has come out as we, uh, as we know from our last episode, but they, um, you know, I'm like guys, you know, you know, boys, teams are gunning for you. So you have to be ready to go. You're going to get everybody's best effort every night. And it can't always be the prettiest plays. And, you know, I kind of stole one of your lines with the, you know, situational tendencies and making the right play. Like, you're getting to the age where they're peewee major, right? They're, they're 12, 13 years old almost. And, um, you know, it's time to make the right hockey player, the right hockey plays at the right times, at, at especially critical times. So uh, learning the blue lines, right? The the five, 10 foot rule on each side of the blue line in those critical um, situations, it becomes really, really important. So it's good. And, you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun and a lot of competitive hockey. No, I think that's great. Good message there. And, you know, because I think we talked about it a few times, but, you know, it's easy to say, all right, boys, let's play the game the right way. But what is, if they don't know what the right Right. thing is to do at the right time, then, you know, they're not going to make the right decision. So that's really good how you can break it down and step making sure that they're uh, mindful and stress those areas of the ice, the pressure areas of the ice where they have to be strong. They have to stop on pucks. They have to make better decisions um mm-hmm. so that's good stuff yeah it's great and uh i was quiet for the uh for, for my older uh, i should say my 14s uh for, for collins team uh their eagles team which uh they kind of had an off weekend which was nice it was a nice little break but they practiced over at uh at bu at walter brown on saturday morning uh right before the uh the the big club uh coach bandolfo's team they were uh, you know former guest they uh they practiced they, they had like an inter squad game right after so we were able to hang around that watch some of those guys and and see some of the young talent that they have over there obviously the um you know the college hockey rankings have come out and those guys are up top and they uh it, it was it was good for those kids to kind of see the you know just watch and see that progression obviously they're 14 year old kids they're a long ways away from it but uh you know kind of those realistic you know and and it, those goals like hey this is this is what you can be um you know this is what what like the future is right like look at these guys look at how hard they practice look at and look at how hard they're competing against each other all the little messages you talk about right like communication talking uh and for them to be able to see it in kind of a smaller quiet venue not just like a a a, a college game like it was like wow it's eye opening so it was uh it was really you know good stuff and and Brian's team they had a couple games we were up at Cushing on Saturday afternoon and down at Bridgewater on Sunday so it was a busy weekend of of hockey as usual. That's great being able to you know see that firsthand you know and again like you know that level is you know a, a couple steps ahead from where these guys are but then you know you see the NHL guys doing that it's like you know you just. And you're fortunate enough to be in there and be able to see it. And, you know, like you said, being able to see the actual execution in the communication and in a quiet building and the pace, right? 
yeah which mm-hmm. they play in, uh, in practice or an inter-squad game like they're still competing against one another they're trying to get the best out of each other preparing for the uh the season so good good weekend for you guys yeah no it was busy it was uh as usual but it's uh that's what it's all about it's a blast and we all love this time of t- time of year that's for sure uh quickly let's talk about franklin sports the official street hockey partner of the national hockey league check out their line of official nhl street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today um lots we know you know that time of year it's a work on your hands everybody's on the ice which is great but always time for improvement off the ice yeah yeah that's never you can never be too you know your hands be too good or too skilled and you can work on that away from the rank and franklin sports is going to be donating some stuff uh it's going to be october 25th going to be out in watertown um jerry york is uh helping dedicate a street hockey rank in watertown where he's from and franklin's getting involved and and donating a bunch of um gear so be great to uh, catch up with those guys out there uh, you know later in, in about a month or so cripes that sounds great uh yeah franklin always gives back which is awesome but Speaking of the uh, NHL, you know, like we just talked about, so the preseason started, we've kicked off here. Any thoughts as we're, we're leading into the season? I know it's uh, it's busy. It's, it, you know, it's kind of, at least personally, right, like with the NFL going on uh, and the NHL, like, knocking on the door, it really is exciting times. Yeah, and you get, you know, postseason baseball as well. So even though the Sox aren't in it, it's still a great time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be a baseball fan, but uh, yeah, so the preseason, you know, it used to be, you know, two plus weeks, you know, kind of a grind, right? You know, you're getting in there and, you know, using it to get in shape, you know, back in the day. But before, you know, when I was coming through, it was like, uh, you know, a lot of inter squad stuff, a lot of compete drills, and it was a, a bit of a grind. But now they just jump into the games and, you know, they do the off ice testing and, you know, I I don't know exactly how many games they'll be playing, but it's really good uh, and exciting for the younger players to just hop in and play in games and, and compete for a spot. You know, if there's a, a spot available, or at least show what they're capable of. So it's um, you know, it's it's great for management and coaches to see you know what they have. You know, and who really cares about the wins and losses? You want to start implementing some systems, maybe that you. Uh, you know, you want to uh, accomplish with the group, but um, it's still, I, I watched a, little, a bit of the bees game ranges and um, they, they played well, you know, up and down the ice and, you know, the goalie made that unbelievable save. Yeah. There. Boosie there. Boosie, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, a really cool time for young players to give, you know, their you know best efforts and, you know, try to make a team out of camp. Yeah, no, it's good. And obviously you see some of the highlights and even the, the, uh, Coyotes over there, obviously the kid uh, Logan Cooley, like what an unbelievable sco- goal he scored, and some highlight reel saves, like you just said. So it it, it it's kind of getting the uh, the blood flowing that the NHL is right around the corner and exciting times for sure. And it's going to be interesting. There's so many changes, so many different teams, you know, people in, in, in new places and teams that kind of need to make that jump to the to the next level. So it'll be interesting to see where. Uh, everybody ends up and exciting times here in, in, in Boston. Were you uh, surprised at all by Brad Marchand, the former, te- former teammate of yours, being named uh, captain of the Bruins? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, when we kind of were 
they're get guessing to see who it would be. Uh, or yep. just kind of like, yeah, I, I figured they'd go with a, a maybe a younger guy, you know, but, um, you know, like a McAvoy, but I'm really happy for him. I saw him a couple of weeks ago at the, uh, the golf outing, super guy. Um, and he's, he's learned, well, he's matured over the years and learned from, you know, two of the greatest captains, in my opinion, mm-hmm. Chower and Bergeron. And, you know, him and Bergie are extremely close and, you know, he's, he's definitely, uh, he'll lead in his own way, but he also, uh, I know has picked up a lot from being so close, uh, with, with Patrice and not only his, his game kind of elevating his game on ice, but just the way he conducts himself and off ice stuff and how he, he's going to lead is kind of going to be a little different because of, he has a different personality, but, uh, I'm pumped for him and, um, you know, we just we'll wish him the best. It's, he's been a leader there, but not with the C just like Bergeron right. was a leader without the C when, when Charo was there. So I think it was a, a good selection, um, by management and in the coaching staff to, uh, to put Marshy in, in place there. Yeah, no, it's great. And obviously he's been around for such a long time. I think it's uh, a great pick and he sure as hell has been a, a heck of a leader in that locker room. Like you said, to, to be able to be around guys um, like Chara and Bergeron and, and still be able to lean on them. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things too. Like if he does have some questions, uh, obviously he's going to have a, a strong leadership group in terms of McAvoy and Pasternak and Brandon Carlo and Grizzlick and some of those guys that have been around here for, for quite some time. And I think every team is, uh, it's not just an individual leader anymore. It's, it's that leadership group that communicates with the coaches and, and staff and management, which I think is, is important, but also, um, you know, for, for, for him to be able to pick up the phone and call a, a guy like Bergeron, who's still local in, in the area, call a guy like Chara, Chara who are going to be, you know, Tuka Rask. Like all these guys have settled and kind of stayed in the Boston area for the most part. So it'll be good for him to have those uh, resources at his fingertips. Yeah. And, you know, going back to when I was there, there was a supplemental group that, you know, really carried the ball in certain areas. But, you know, when the, the leaders talk, because uh, it wasn't just multi-piece, multi-service, Marshy has lived that for his whole career. So he's, he's going to definitely have a lot of, um, you know, say leadership equity built up right. um, over the course of his, his time there. And and having those guys to, to rely on if, if something does get a little sticky, then – it's such a resource. So it's, uh, yeah. And all you, around. Got, you, got, you guys like, like Coyle or, you know, obviously who have been here now for a while and, you know, you get a guy like Luchik, right. Who's been, uh, around for a long time, James Van Reems, Dyke Shattenkirk. So there's some veteran guys, like you said, supplemental leaders mm-hmm. in, in, that are going to be, uh, available and, and be able to, to help quite a bit. That's right. Yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting because they did lose a, a few big pieces, but um, that gives opportunity to other players. For sure, for sure. Uh, did you see Mark Recchi, obviously named, uh, you know, obviously bye-bye Babcock, uh, staring at people's phones and everything. But good to see Mark Recchi, one of those, you know, leaders, especially in the, in the you know, Bruins Cup run, um, you know, named assistant coach. And it was cool to see picture of him and Adam Fantilli like, you know, 10, 11 years ago, I think. And, and 
uh, it, everything kind of come full circle. So obviously a great leader and he's kind of, uh, you know, great hire by, by the blue Jack is just a ultimate, uh, competitor and veteran and great guy. Yeah, I know he's a, he's a super guy. Number one, I had a great career, played over 1600 games with over 1500 points and you know, he was an undersized player and in a, in a league back then where it, it wasn't common and, he found ways to be productive, and he was a productive player for a long, long time. And then got into coaching, uh, in like around 2017. And he's, you know, so he's really kind of been in it for a bit. But you know, you, you morph into uh, a coach after being a leader and a point producer for so long. It does take a little bit of time to kind of find your kind of niche as a coach as well. So he's he's um, put his time in there and happy for him and. He's going to be a, uh, you know, a great asset resource for Pascal Vincent. You know, getting in mm-hmm. there and being, uh, you know, not just thrown in, but like well deserved. But also just to have a another veteran coach to lean on himself with a young group that uh, needs to kind of like put it together to be successful. Yeah, no, it's great. And uh, I did crash in, in his hotel room in Scottsdale one night, but that's a story for a. Uh, <laughs> Another another podcast or, or maybe uh, offline here where the, where the kids aren't listening. So uh, good stuff. And uh, I know you want to talk about, uh, you know, a golf charity event that, that you have coming up that I'm hoping I can uh, attend, talked about briefly today. But uh, why don't you bring that up and, and we can get whatever information that we can out about it. Yeah, so uh, Dave Gove is a uh, a friend of mine that passed – uh, about seven years ago now, and we were, you know, high school buddies, teammates. Uh, he went on to play at Western Michigan, was a Hobie finalist his senior year, but he could one time a puck that, like, just like any, you know, absolute grenade that I rolled <laughs> over to him, you know, it would just he would just get good wood on it and it would just pound pucks and played in the NHL. Uh, for for a bit, and you know, was a successful AHL player, and um, you know, so his story is Stan Stanley Cup ring with Carolina, exactly. Him and Keith, former former team former teammate of mine, him and Coiner with uh, Lowell. Right when yeah. I got done playing in the uh, you know my senior year, right when I got out of UNH, I went and played some games with those guys, and uh, and Gover was just an unbelievable person. Yeah, and that's the one thing it just. Very pure of heart, great person, and uh, he just kept getting better and better and better as a hockey player. But you know, th- this is the first uh, annual, um, you know, golf outing, and it's just it's going to bring you know some light to Dave's story, and um, you know, just hope that children do not experience what Dave had to endure. And you know, then we're going to raise some money for his son Colin, and um, you know, just hopefully. Give uh, give him uh, you know a, a little bit um, you know like a five twenty nine and some charity you know mm-hmm. uh, you were going through Ray Borg's foundation he was kind enough to lend his name so we're going to go through his foundation and um, you know and it's going to be dedicated to you know substance abuse as well so we have uh, a lot going on he has a lot of uh, we always talk about how the hockey community rallies around the right causes and. Dave was a sweetheart of a person, and there's going to be a lot of guys showing up for him on yeah. October 10th 
uh, it's a Tuesday. And uh, so we'll put out all the information and uh, the donation page. If anyone would like to donate, um, it's all going for the right reasons. Yeah. No, great stuff. And like you said, heck of a hockey player um, and obviously a life that was uh, was taken from us way too soon. And, and obviously wish uh, his son Colin the best. And that's really uh, cool that you're involved, Mots. And I know you've been, you know, you, you downplay things, but you've kind of spearheaded that whole tournament. So, uh, like you said, we'll get everybody's, uh, we'll get that information out and, and hopefully, uh, you know, people can donate and, and help things out. And obviously great on, uh, you know, Ray Bork and his charity to, uh, to step in and help out another hockey guy. That's, uh, that's what this world is all about for sure. That's this hockey community. Yeah. It's going to be a great day to see people and, and do the right thing, you know, by, uh, by Dave for his son. Absolutely. Uh, we do have a great interview that that's coming up, but before we do so, uh, this interview with Aiden McDonough is brought to you by TSR Hockey, which is located up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you stock up on all your equipment needs. Uh, you know, hockey season is here, and TSR has everything. They do everything in-house, all their embroidering, all their screening, all their printing. You can reach the team store at 603-912-912. 5970, ask for Micah, Dave, and they'll take care of you. Uh, TSRHockey.com for all your shopping needs. If you uh, aren't local, can't make it up there, just today, uh, you know, I, I told somebody, hey, just jump on TSRHockey.com. They have the best deals on skates around, right? A buddy of mine was, he couldn't make it up to the store. He was looking for skates for himself personally, not 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 even his kid. And, um, you know, I'm like, just jump on the website. So, they do a great job, um, you know, whether it's swag, whether it's equipment, sticks, you name it, in-house or online, um, the TSR guys will take care of you. Yeah, great guys up there at TSR Hockey. Always been uh, willing to pick up the phone and, and help and, you know, guide you in the right direction for whatever you need. So make sure you check out TSRHockey.com. And uh, now it's time to bring on Aiden McDonough. Uh, great guy you know great great kid i should say who's currently you know in training camp with the vancouver canucks had a hell of a career at northeastern and uh, i know everybody's going to really enjoy this he's a very personable kid has some great devin levi st stories so i uh, hope you guys enjoy all right and our next guest on the rink shrinks podcast was drafted in the seventh round pick number 195 by the Vancouver Canucks in the 2019 NHL draft. He just completed his senior season at Northeastern where he was the captain. He's a complete stud. Uh, he finished the season actually with the Vancouver Canucks where he notched his first NHL goal. Also had the game winning goal in the bean pot, you know, just an easy game, but a Milton native. Welcome to the rink shrinks podcast, Aiden McDonough. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. Hey, th thanks for taking the time, Ben. I know you're ramping up, ready to go to uh, to training camp, but uh, grab a, a little bit of your time here, chat about your career and some of the uh, experiences that you you had throughout your uh, your your time at at Thayer and and even younger and Northeastern. A lot of good stuff. Uh, followed your career quite a bit, so can't wait to uh, have a little chat here. Definitely sounds good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, talk to us. I mean, obviously, being a Boston kid and, and your dad was obviously into the game, uh, you know, Milton, you had some serious idols to really look up to. I mean, Brian Yandel, Keith Yandel, <laughs> you know, Billy Ryan, Mikey Ryan, a lot of guys like like that, you know what I mean? But uh, 
no, seriously, uh, what's the, you know, how did you, what are your first memories of the game? How did you get into it? Um, you know, did, was it love at first sight or, or how did, how did it all play out? Yeah, good question. Um, I think growing up, my dad and his whole family, that's from a big family, uh, seven siblings. So I think all the brothers played hockey growing up in Easton. Um, and I think when he had me, I think he just tried it out and, and I loved it. I think my first memory was, uh, putting on my sister's uh, tap dancing shoes and skate and trying to skate around the kitchen with them. And my parents weren't too happy because I was scratching the floor up, but uh, that's kind of <laughs> how I got my first introduction. Um, the fact remember. that you would, uh, you would mention that is, is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I respect that. I never really yeah. say that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, my dad was actually talking to me about it today just cause you know, he's like, I can't, can't believe you're going out there, you know, in the next day or so like, you know, you last time I remember you, you were tap dancing around the, 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 the kitchen, but um <laughs> But it was great. great. I think um, I just got, yeah, familiar as early as I remember, I just wanted to be a hockey player. Um, I just, I loved it so much. Um, You know, I love like the cold rink growing up. I had pretty bad asthma. So I remember like being in the cold rink actually like helped me. Um, And I I remember like my lungs always felt great and and I loved it. Obviously um, growing up in Milton, I had plenty of vitals. I had, uh, you know, a picture of Keith and the coyotes above my bed um, up there next to Cam Neely and Tony Hawk. So those are my three guys that, that I always had above my bed. Um, and then Did I you thrash on the uh, the skateboard? <laughs> no, I didn't. A, a, a bit of a border too, like when he was in middle school and stuff. So that's kind of interesting. Really? Yeah. No, I think my uncle lived in California, so he got me like a Tony Hawk picture. So I had those. Those are the three, Cam Neely, Keith, and uh, and Tony Hawk. But um, obviously knew who, who you guys were growing up. And then the Ryan brothers as well. I played with their cousin, James Sexton, growing up. So um, yeah. there was plenty of idols that – you know, growing up in Milton, I could I could look up to. Um, I never forget Keith came to my middle school at Pierce Middle School. I think I was in like sixth or seventh grade, and uh, he came and spoke to us. I remember he had like these like sick leather shoes on, and I was like, "That's the guy I want to be." Like he's <laughs> he's the man. So um, yeah, just growing up, I, I always loved hockey. So that was always the dream. I'm sure you had some great stories about Pierce Middle School for <laughs> tenure there. Yeah, that was a wild ride. It was. Uh, <laughs> A lot of fun, but it was wild for sure. That's, That's great. Awesome. Now, you mentioned uh, dad being uh, involved in the game. Was he uh, an influence as, as a young player, development, you know, coaching? You know, I know he co- uh, he refs now. He does a great job, <laughs> you know, just managing the uh, the temperament of some coaches and whatnot. Every time I see him out there, it's, it's great. But one of the better guys out there um, as a person, but – did he help you in uh, any way, like growing up as a, as a as a coach? Was he like influential in your kind of development? He was huge. I think. Um, I mean, without both of my parents and my sister, my whole extended family, I wouldn't be where I am today. I think. Um, you know, my dad. I think is is a smart guy in a sense where he he loves hockey. He knows the game pretty well. Obviously, he refs uh, now and he likes to stay in it, but he can surround himself with pretty good people. I think um, him and. Uh, Neil Shea senior worked together. Um, so they kind of became friends through work. And uh, when I first started hockey, Neil was coaching the South Shore Kings. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and then he's had, he's had, you know, close friends with Jason Rathbone and a few other coaches that I had growing up that he was lucky enough to kind of latch on. And they were the coaches. My dad would, would obviously sit and watch and, you know, talk to me on the way home, depending on if, how it went. But um, he was amazing. I think he started off, you know, not you know he was he was good he was hard he was just wanted me to compete and play hard and do my best <clears throat> but i think 
as I got older, he just became like my biggest fan. And I think, uh, especially like middle school and high school, it, it didn't really come easy at first. And I think he was just always pumping me up and, um, he'll always just tell me like the cream always rises to the top and your time will come. And I was, you know, want to get recruited so bad and wanted to play in college. And that didn't look like a realistic goal at a, at a certain point. So he was uh, really influential in that way. Oh, that's great stuff. And obviously to have dad to lean on in that. And I, I think that's such a great message uh, to the parents out there is, is being positive and being your kid's number one fan. I was listening to uh, Brian Boucher on a, on Chicklets. I think he was on a few weeks ago. And, and I think that was one of the biggest like advices that he tried to give out was like, just pump your kid up because there's going to be so many people that are going to be looking to bring him down, especially this day and age. Yeah. Right. And, and you kind of lived it being a, a 1999 birth year compared to us old guys. Right. But you know, there's so much negative talk on the internet and on Twitter or TikTok or whatever the hell is the, the latest and greatest thing. But um, you know, that it's such sound parenting advice to just like pump your kid up and be his biggest fan. I think that's amazing. And, and, I love the fact that you brought up Neil Shea. Obviously, Neil, uh, you know, just a legendary hockey guy, super competitor. And I'm sure, um, you know, being around him at those younger age groups got you ready to to play for anybody. Oh, yeah, I was uh, I was definitely ready to go. I mean, I had Neil and then uh, Mr. Rathbone. Um, yeah. And then I had Tony, uh, Monty, Athair, Mark Carlson, Cedar Rapids. So by the time I got to college, I was... Uh, I was ready to go. That's for sure. Like I, I used, to, I was used to the old school Boston guys of, um, you know, being hard on hard on kids. And I think um, I learned from a young age: game day, you're not swimming in the pools, and uh, you know, you're you're hydrating and you're not eating candy. Which, like, I don't know if you know if you're if when you're really young, I think that's fine. But I think it set the tone a little bit of like, okay, like, you know, when you come to the hockey rink, you know, your parents invest a lot of time and money into you to come play for these teams. You know, you're not just going to be playing mini sticks till two in the morning every night you know what i mean obviously you can do that and have a great time um but there's a time and a place for it and i think i learned that at a, at a pretty young age that discipline is, is is amazing and mots i think uh you know uh, me coaching my boys and they're, they're they're younger it's the same thing like those are the rules those yeah. are the rules and hey we can have all the fun we we want right but it's you know finding that balance right like maybe it's Hey, we go out, we compete hard, and we win a couple games today. Yeah, we can you know, dominate the pool. Sticks. Yeah, we yeah. can dominate exactly, the pool. Yeah. But then it's, <laughs> you know, but it's not like till two o'clock in the morning because we do. We want to play the next day, right? We want to be ready to play. And we didn't drive to Rochester, New York, or Buffalo, or Toronto, wherever the heck it may be, right? And and to just like come up here and and go on four and just dominate the pool. <laughs> like let's dominate yeah. the ice as well. Exactly. Yeah, I think. I think I got, and I, that's why I loved baseball growing up so much because that was when you could dominate the pool. That was when <laughs> you could down at the sandwich lodge for Milton American, like you're dominating the pool and having a blast. But then I kind of just knew, like, okay, when it becomes hockey season, and we, we played mini sticks and we went in the pool, but it was, you know, within reason because, like you said, we're, my parents were driving all over the place for us. So got to make their time worthwhile. You mentioned playing baseball. We, we like to talk about, you know, encouraging. Hockey players to be athletes. Um, what other sports did you play other than baseball, or was it baseball, hockey? And can you just talk about you know some of those experiences that you had as a younger kid? Yeah, I played um, I played baseball primarily like my whole entire life up until my senior year at Thayer. I played for Thayer, um, and I loved it. I think if you asked me like growing up, I wanted to in the winter and the fall I wanted to be a, a pro hockey player, and then in the spring and summer I wanted to be a baseball player. 
I loved it. Yeah, we played soccer, baseball growing up, um, but baseball and like was my main love. I loved it. I think some guys, you know, love hockey and they want to play that all year round and you know, that's okay. But I think for me, it was, it was baseball all the way. And then street hockey in the summer too. You know, I, I love playing street hockey with, with the neighborhood guys. And they built two rinks in Milton, of course, as soon as I got to like college, which is awesome. They have it now, but I didn't have it at the time growing up. I would have been out there every day, but um, yeah. yeah, street hockey, you know, wearing the blades down to like, you know, nothing. And then playing baseball in the spring was a blast. Do they still have the ACs in Milton? The ACs? You know what I'm talking about? Milton ACs? What's that? So there was two, there's Milton American and Milton National because it's like the two little leagues, right? Yeah. So when we would, when we were 12, they would form like one team of both, of both sides of town. No and way. it was like, yeah. So we wouldn't play like Williamsport. We would go play everywhere. Um, and it was like the best players from both sides of the town. It was, it was unreal. Like there was a couple of the guys that, that ran the team when I was playing were like, they were like 97 years old, but they were like old school at every single little league game and would scout. And wow. it was, dude, it was unbelievable. Like unreal. That's awesome. We, like it was some of like the best memories we had like ever growing up. Just like if you made that AAC team, you had like name on the back of your jerseys, yeah. got to pick your own number, pinstripes. Like they had their own helmets that said like ACs on them. Like it was. Wow. You know, back in in whatever nineteen ninety five, when it was this is before you were born that I was playing. It was, but <laughs> it was unbelievable. But it was still around for like a few. It, I, I thought it was around for a while, but clearly I'm aging myself here. But it was it was it was pretty sick to uh, to have. It was a it was a feather on your cap. Like you got that AC hat, you rocked around Milton. Like you were riding high. You were That's riding awesome. High. Yeah, puffed out a little bit. <laughs> I oh, wish yeah. we had that because I remember. <laughs> The summer ball was an absolute blast. I'd go to the Milton uh, Park and Rec camp up at Cunningham every morning yep. until like two, bring my cooler home, get my baseball stuff, ride my bike up to practice every day. And it was just a blast, like just playing with all the neighborhood on the Milton American. All the kids live close and um, we had a blast. I think the parents probably had more fun than us, but I think uh, we had a great time just like playing against other towns and that was like the best time of my looking back at my childhood that was like the most fun for sure that was the best uh you kind of touched on it a little bit sorry uh but you touched on a little bit like not being recruited and stuff like that but talk to us like obviously you played for bonesy uh with the 99 kings team so obviously and, and i remember watching you guys just being around the ranks myself um you know but what was your path like like were you you know, you remember Jack, like Jack was a stud, like he yeah. always kind of stood out. And, um, you know, it was like I said, it was a really solid, like good hockey team. But were you a guy that was like, you know, you're a little later, um, you know, born a little bit later in the year? Were you kind of like slower developing compared to the others? Yeah, I definitely was. I think um, lucky enough to have an unreal unreal coaching staff and, and team. And like we had a bunch of guys that played first grade, to eighth grade all together. And that was mm. amazing to just have those those close teammates. And Bones was one of those guys. And like you said, Bones was a stud since first grade. First grade, like he's always been, can always fly and skate really well and shoot the puck. But I think, like the first, I think probably like first grade to sixth grade, I thought I was a good player. I was, you know, normal size, um, you know, could always think the game and had pretty good hands. My shot wasn't great, and I wasn't the best skater. But then everyone kind of started to hit puberty, seventh and eighth grade. 
and I was small. I was like five eight, one fifty my freshman year there. Um, so seventh or eighth grade, I was even smaller and I was struggling. Like I was applying to prep schools, um, and trying to like talk to coaches. Cause that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, go to one of those schools and then go play in hockey East. And, you know, I wasn't getting hearing back from any of the coaches. Um, I didn't make any of the national camps. And then I was honestly just thinking like, I had like a pretty deep conversation with my, my parents of being like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like all my friends are getting drafted in USHL and they're getting talked to you know, by these schools, like prep schools and stuff. And like, I had no love, like I was going to just go to Milton high. And um, luckily Tony Amati coached the 98 Kings. So he saw me when I was younger and I think mm-hmm. he might've, you know, known like, okay, this kid used to be able to play pretty well, but he's just small now. Hopefully he'll grow. And um, I went to fair and it completely changed everything. I mean, I learned how to compete. I learned how to play hard every single shift 24 seven. I learned, you know, how to play like real hockey. Um, and I, you know, had like eight points my freshman year, but I was just so pumped to be on the team and just like play and contribute and be in the locker room. Um, and then, you know, hit a growth spurt, which helped. And then my sophomore year, that's kind of where I started to, you know, play better and, and get noticed a little bit. And then I didn't really start getting seriously recruited till like the end of my junior year. So um, it was definitely a bit different. I think there's so many kids now, like when you're younger, they're just getting told how good they are and like they're getting all these like you know getting drafted in ushl or making all these natty camps and i just remember always just getting told how not good you are and um not getting picked by those things and my dad was right there with me through all those times that's when he kind of really stepped in and was really positive with me and would always tell me like your time will come you know the cream always rises to the top that type of stuff that i'll I'll never forget and um it helped me a lot because i think you know you're going to face adversity throughout your career and throughout your life and you know going through it kind of early helped me a lot I think you know when junior hockey came and then you know college and you know hopefully it'll help me now going forward too yeah that, th- those are great kind of like points to make because sometimes it's it's better to you know kind of have that adversity at, at an earlier age versus later mm-hmm. and if you can fight through it and kind of find your game and you know have some you know success like you have had in the last few years like just through you know college and whatnot but like can you just bring us back you know to the the high school spot where it was very difficult and like how tony really helped you kind of you know break it down to the basics of like that compete and being a player that you know that's what you can control and then as you grew into your game i mean like you got better and better each year like i remember just going to the games and you know even with the Willis split season team you know you're you're more of a factor on that going into the season and then you had a great, you know, senior year with, with fair and um, you know, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about like that USHL stuff and whatnot, but can you just, just kind of like reinforce like some of these kids that might not be the best player right now? Yeah, I think, um, well, if you're not the best player right now, I mean, that's completely okay. Cause I, you know, the best player at 14 is very rarely the best player at 18. It's, you know, it happens, but it's it's pretty rare that that stays the same way. And even the best player at 18 is pretty rare that the guy's the best player at 22. So um, I think going to fair, you know, I'm lucky to have great parents that have kind of helped steer me with, you know, decision to go to fair, decision to go to Northeastern. And, and going to fair, I think, <clears throat> set kind of the, you know, the, the ground floor for what kind of has become my career. Like, I just remember Tony being like so intense and I was so scared of him and it was just like (laughs) 
you're learning like every day in practice and like every game and every shift, like he would just demand. And I think when you're younger at Thayer, at least playing for Tony, he was on you more because he kind of, he needed, he knew that you needed to learn how to play real hockey and compete every single shift and stop on pucks and back check and, and sprint around the ice. Like I just remember like playing hockey, you're kind of coasting around. And then I was like, okay, so I have to sprint like everywhere now, huh? Like that's, I didn't realize that. And I'm like, this is a lot different of a game. Like I'm sprinting, I'm hitting, I'm back checking, I'm lifting sticks, I'm going to the net. Um, but he just, he, he knows the game so well. He thought it so well. And he was just so influential to me. And I think we we came, I came up with a bunch of guys at Thayer that were all very driven in the same way as like, we're going to get through this together. And um, there may be times where Tony's, you know, it's kind of your turn to get yelled at, but like, you're going to become a better player because of that. And um, I just remember like after that freshman year, I was like so excited for the summertime to like get in my backyard and shoot pucks and like start working out. And like, I do, he just gave me life of like, this is like, it's attainable because like, all you have to do is just work hard. Like he would, he don't care if you can have skill or whatever, like you have to just compete and work hard. And I was like, okay, anyone can do it pretty much if you just work hard enough. And um, that's kind of where I, where I learned that from. That's a fantastic message. And obviously we know Tony personally. And I remember at that time, you know, I was, I was running the Canton Sportsplex and the Terriers program and stuff. So I remember just sitting in my office and watching, you know, guys like yourself and, 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 <laughs> you know, Tony's boys, you know, being the younger guys and, uh, you know, Jay and, and, and Jay O'Brien and Johnny Barry and, and, and those type of kids, right. Like coming up and Tony just, you know, he, he was very difficult to on you guys, but it, you know, look, look, look what it did for you. So I, mm-hmm. I it's, it really is. And, and, and he could back it up, like, look at Tony and look at his career. Like he exactly, knew what it yeah. took, like, what it took so everything he preached and everything he was on you guys about um was what made him such a great player and he saw something in you to take the time and and you know motivate and push you guys and like you said it 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 forced you or not forced you but it 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 gave you the drive to continue you know like you said after the season like i can't wait to get bigger and stronger and faster and and work out like that's unbelievable that it's just i love that stuff yeah, no, he was he was great. I just remember he always would talk about like when you're at the rink and coming to practice, like this should be the best time of the day, you know, like mm. going to classes and going throughout the day at school. Like, but when you get down to the rink, like this should be you guys should be so excited for this and you guys should love this. Like coming to the rink should be a blast for you. And that's kind of where, you know, I started to get that love, too, of like in the same thing in college, you got classes and you got a bunch of stuff of like when I get down to the rink, like this is the best time of the day. This is where I'm going to have the most fun and spend time with my 30 best friends awesome yeah that's like a great message right there too like that love of the game it can be you know encouraged throughout different things and like you like you're saying like every practice you had to sprint you had to be on right Mm -hmm. to execute and even like when you're the the, uh say on the underclassman side but that's fun right when you get there and you're just like hey man like this is like uh my buddies like you just said like and we're going to try and do our best to be the best that we can be individually, but also as a, as a group. And uh, so we had Tony on here and like, he didn't, he didn't really give us much on like exactly what it's better to hear it from someone who played under him, you know, because mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he did say that he, you know, expected a certain level of compete and this whatnot, but to hear it from a, an actual player is uh, is really cool. And I'm glad that he had a, a really big lasting impact on you 
and uh, in effect that helped you development along the way. No, for sure. He did. That's great. What was the, um, you know, so, so obviously you go and, and like Maude said, I was there, we will, you know, watch you quite a bit and, you know, you turned into just a, a dynamic goal scorer at the prep school level. Um, what was it like in terms of the, the recruiting process, uh, obviously Northeastern is a, you know, highly regarded, uh, hockey school and, and, you know, fantastic reputation with Jim Madigan and everything when, when you first started out there, but was it, was there a lot of interest? Like where were you at with, with, with all that? Um, yeah, it was an exciting time for sure. And really nerve wracking. Um, and it kind of started off where I, you know, was getting recruited a little bit, but I, you know, I didn't really know, like I wasn't, I didn't think of myself as like this, this stud. So I was like, okay, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to play. Um, and then I kind of progressed over the next year or two. And then I was like, okay, well, like some of these schools that I'm talking to, like I might have a chance to play at. So that was always really important for me is just going somewhere where I'm going to get an opportunity to play. Um, but education was really important. Um, something my parents have always been on me really hard for my whole life is if the homework isn't done, then you can't go play street hockey with your friends or, uh, wiffle ball or whatever it is. So you got to get that done first. So those are two things, playing time and, in grades where we're in a good school was really important. Um, but I talked to a few hockey schools, ECAC schools, and it just kind of came down to the way the Northeastern had been developing players and still does. I think I looked at, you know, local kids going there, which I was really attractive to me to go and play with a bunch of guys that were from around here, you know, Ryan Shea, Lincoln Griffin, Matt Philippe, all kind of guys that, you know, had similar upbringings and backgrounds. And then looking at guys like Dylan Sakura and um, I mean, Adam Gaudet and like Nolan Stevens, guys that I'd never really heard of, obviously got out a little bit, but never really heard of them before Northeastern. And then they go there and their point production goes way up and then they, you know, sign contracts and they're out of there. And it's like, Oh, like that's a, that sounds like a place where I think I could go is kind of come in a little bit unheralded and hopefully make a name for myself. Um, and then the Milton connection with Jim Madigan helps a lot because it's a familiar face that I always see around town. Um, so it just kind of felt like the perfect fit. And I just was really hoping that a I get an opportunity to, to play because at that time it's kind of an unknown and you got to kind of go in there and earn your stripes, but um, ended up being a great decision. Yeah. Great school, great program. And I think, you know, just the, the guys that you just rattled off, you know, it's, they're all very good players, right? You know, some of them local, some of them not, you know, secure, secure being uh, not a local guy, but like you had a good base of players like that you can look at and be like, Oh, you know, if I can get to that spot and then, you know, I can play. I'm going to have some good players to play with. Um, you know, Matt Benning, I think, was a – I don't know if you, you crossed over with him. No, you I may, missed him. You missed him by yeah, – but, like, I was scouting along this time, like, seeing the trends of some really good hockey players uh, coming into Northeastern. And when I when you went there, it's like – I was pumped. I was pumped for <laughs> you, right? So it's like you got, uh, you know, good – Coach, good person, looking out for you, and and Jim Madigan. But then when Jerry Keefe, he was the assistant, you know, he takes over. Can you just talk about a little bit of like, say, his approach? Because we, you know, we had uh, your assistant on after the Bean Pot win, and we just like, I, I just love the kind of like the X's and O's about it, like as far as a, a coach. And there's just there's one thing that you know, uh, it was Jason, right? Um, yep. Guerrero, yeah, Guerrero. Just, yeah. He he was uh, talking about dominating the middle of the ice, even in the D zone, and I love that term because as a 
say a fan or like a maybe an educated eye just watching you guys play there were so many times you use the middle of the ice you know it, it looked blind sometimes but you're exiting the zone with full possession same thing with the power play right like you use the middle of the ice as a bumper very well there was a lot of really good offensive creativity for possession and mm-hmm. I, I just want you got you know, I want you to talk about it as a player and like what you experienced from that coaching staff and the the trust and the confidence to be able to use those areas of the ice. Yeah, I think that's something that makes Coach Keith such a good coach is how smart he is and how good he is at X's and O's and video and um, as kind of a hockey nerd, that's like when he started talking to me and throughout the recruiting process about things that they do and types of stuff they like to pull off on the ice. I was like blown away because i yeah, was man. so excited you know <laughs> i was like oh this guy likes doing video all the time hanging on the rink like i'm in um but yeah i think that's something that we always talked about it was one of our staples that was hung up in a locker room own the middle of the ice um and we always talked about it offensively and defensively own in the middle of the rink so a lot of the times you draw a line through the two uh the dot lines uh and cross out the boards and always talk about like if we can own this area of the ice then we'll have a good chance you know, against whoever we're playing. So like whatever it's through the neutral zone, back checking through the middle of the ice, up the guts of the ice every time with our stick on the ice and then stopping in the middle of the ice in the D zone um, and taking care of our net front defensively and then offensively getting to the middle of the ice and, you know, dominating on the other side. So um, if you think about it, that's kind of where I know most of hockey is played on the boards and at the next level and in college as well. But if you can take care of the area at the middle of the ice, you're going to have success. So that's something that we always talked about and, um, yeah, Coach Keefe is amazing with, you know, forechecking and, and all the systems and everything that kind of goes with it. He's like a master of all that stuff of, of you know, pre-scouting and um, something that made it playing there so fun because, you know, every game you knew you were so prepared going into play the other team because, you know, we'd done our work throughout the week, you know, getting ready for him because he, he knew every team to a T. Yeah, you get the answers to the test. Exactly. You just got to go out there and just do it. Yeah, that's great. I wanted to rewind just a little bit and talk about that year you spent in the USHL, uh, obviously going out to Cedar Rapids after there. Like, what was that adjustment like? Um, you know, was it was it a big jump and did it really help you in that transition? Just because I want to talk about it because there's so many people, you know, we, we've talked to guys that go to the USHL for two or three years. Like, everybody's path's different, right? And you kind of did that natural progression where you played your um, – you played four years at Thayer, right? And then you go there for a year and then it's the next step to, to Northeastern. Yeah, I think, I think everyone's indifferent. And I think, um, you know, I saw some guys leave early from Thayer to go to the USHL and that's a really hard league. And I kind of was like, mm, okay, that's hard. You know, like being, being out there for three or four years or two or three years is, is hard on a younger kid living in a built family away from your buddies. You're not going to prom. So that's a big sacrifice that, I just thought for myself to stay at four years was best for my development just because I was still kind of growing and I was in the weight room a lot. Um, but when I went out there, it was a huge jump. I remember the first like camp in the in August, it was like an August 30 man camp. And like, I don't think I touched the puck for two scrimmages. And I was like, oh boy, like this might be a long <laughs> year. Like this league is no joke. Um, and then the first, you know, few months was an absolute struggle. I, I was getting healthy scratched um you know i was playing like a couple minutes on the fourth line or 13th forward i was like looking up like online brochures to like trinity college like and like, i swear i swear i was like because uh, like i know if i'm not playing here i'm not going to northeastern right. um and it was really hard and coach mark carlson um love him now but at the time 
he's probably the hardest coach to play for maybe in, in hockey, but he prepares you so well. Like Monday through Wednesday, we got an hour skate, hour bag after we're lifting twice a week or three days a week. Like it was no joke. Like my body had never been through anything like that. And I came from playing for Tony. So I could take like, you know, having coaches be hard on me, but I just had never been through anything like that. Um, but then as a kind of like before Christmas break, I started to, you know, play better and, and put some uh, goals up and get feeling confident. And then I came back for the second part of the year and, um, you know, I kind of hit the ground running and had a good second half. Um, but that year was so big for me mentally as a, as a person to get away from, you know, living with my parents. And I moved into an unbelievable billet family with Janelle and Doug. Uh, they were absolutely amazing with the great house. They pretty much only host Boston kids, which is pretty awesome. So I had uh, a <laughs> bunch of guys that lived there before me that kind of could show them the ropes of kind of how we are. And, um, you know, if they those walls could talk. Holy <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, the, the list they have of guys. is pretty. Who impressive. else is living? Who, who, who else lived there? They had Matt Philippe, Cal Burke, um, Mark McLaughlin, TJ Walsh, they had Ross Colton, even though he's New Jersey. Um, yeah. So I think they, wow. they they had a bunch of Boston guys. Yeah, they had some me. reps. They had some so, reps before um, they got to you. So it was amazing. And just kind of, that's like real hockey. Like prep school is awesome. But when you go out there and you're playing, you know, 60 games and you're traveling and it's kind of like your first introduction to like kind of the business because kids are getting traded and cut. Um but it was so great for me. And by the end of the year, I didn't want to leave. I was, you know, I was so happy um, playing there and I loved it. I felt I got so much better. I didn't have to go to school, which I was like, this is awesome. I have no school. I wake up, go to the rink, 10, do skills with a couple other guys, get lunch, go back to their rink and then go home and like watch a movie. Like this is, this is unreal. Um, (laughs) But you were like a pro player. Yeah. I felt like it. At Um, 19 years old. But I think some guys, you know, do, have that two or two or three years in the league and that's what is really good and i think a lot of players that's like i the first year is really hard like it took me a full full like 30 games to to get adjusted to the league because the jump Mm. from there from prep school to there was was really big at least i thought and then i thought once i got comfortable i was fortunate enough to go into nu and i thought that jump wasn't as big as it was from prep school to ushl i thought that was a major jump um but some guys like usually you come back. So I only really had that second half of the year. If I came back for that next year, hopefully I have a great full year of, you know, kind of being one of the power play guys and the go-to guys, but um, you know, it worked out for me, but I think a lot of guys, um, you know, there's no rush to get into college hockey. Cause you know, you can't go back and um, you know, you, when you want to go, you want to be ready to play. Cause there's no, it's no fun sitting in the stands. And obviously you, you finished the year strong and you know, 21 and 21. Like if you are a pitcher, if you're 500, that's pretty good. But you know, 21 <laughs> goals, 21 assists. Uh, you know, like you said, from getting healthy scratch, like it must have felt confident to know you're coming in with over 20 goals, and and then you really do, like you you know, like Mott's talked about, you hit the ground running right once you get to Northeast, and having that comfortability, you know, having a kid like Ryan Shea must have really helped just take you under his ring. Although you you know, that package comes with his father Danny, which is you know that's a that's a <laughs> another story. That's a that's a verbal headlock at least three times a week. Um, but you know, it must have really helped. And obviously you had like you know, you really did. You burst onto the scene and and Tyler Madden was, you know, that's John Madden's kid, right? Yeah. That's your, your old so like and he was unbelievable that year. It was it was so fun to watch you guys. Yeah, I would think um I got really fortunate. I didn't get drafted uh, when I was at Thayer my senior year. Um mm. And I kind of thought I was going to an interview with a ton of teams and I was crushed. Um, and then I saw my my buddy Joe O'Brien get picked in the first round. 
So I was like, oh, I'm definitely going because I played on his line and then I, I didn't end up getting picked. So I was crushed. Um, and then after my year in Cedar Rapids, I did. And I met Madden at development camp. And I think we kind of had good chemistry. And I, luckily enough, when I went into NU, I was on his line from day one, which right. I mean, I didn't even, that's why, yeah. yeah, like it was, it was, I was getting a point no matter what, cause you just give him the puck and he's going through everyone, um, which was good, but I kind of le- really had to learn how to play real college hockey on my own the year after, because I was in the fantasy world playing with him every day. Um, but <laughs> my, going to my freshman year at Northeastern was amazing. We had an unbelievable group of guys. Uh, so you said Ryan Shea was the captain um unbelievable captain and for me being a Milton guy he looked out for me and he had my back um throughout the whole entire year and kind of you know I made a really easy transition with the guys on the ice and off the ice and um we had plenty of of local guys to to make fun of the North Shore with and we'd always go back and forth all the time (laughs) with a bunch of North Shore guys but um you know we ended up winning the bean pot that that year and it it got canceled but it was uh it was amazing that was you know as you get older, you know, your first time going through everything, I think sometimes is like the most fun because, you know, as you get older, you're kind of going out is similar and playing the same teams. It's like, okay, I've done this, but your freshman year, there's nothing like it. So that was an absolute blast. Yeah. I mean, as far as being in Boston, being from the area, it's like mom and dad can come to the games, you know, your sister can come to the games. It's just, you know, and you're playing against uh, and with a lot of people, you know, kind of in, in the same spot right so like mm-hmm. you're you're proud to be you know playing for the uh the huskies Can you talk to talk to us about um your bean pot experiences you know just starting out you know always going there as a uh, young kid and, and and being a fan but to be able to step on the uh the god nice and and, and play in the bean pot um you know, can you just tell us about those experiences yeah amazing experiences i went every every year group of this 99 so sure kings would go um we go to the fours um it's not there anymore but the fours across from the garden with our dads before the game and then um we'd watch both games usually have to leave a little early on the second one because it was couple, a school night but um johnny kelly's for the boys yeah the other sandwiches that are named yeah buffalo and, uh, buffalo chicken nachos the larry bird <laughs> yeah. Oh, unbelievable <laughs> yeah that, that was a great spot but uh yeah, I went every year until I went away to Cedar Rapids. So I went, you know, for 12 years. Um, I just wanted to be those guys so bad. I was a, sad to say this, but I was a BC fan back in the day. Um, so I'd always be going there. Yeah, because the Rathbone used to bring you to the games and then he, he, he turned he, it back on BC too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because his dad played there. So that's when we'd go exactly. and, and hang out with, uh, you know, all the BC alum and watch. So we were BC fans, both of us. Um but yeah, I just wanted to play in that tournament so bad. And I remember just walking around the concourse and seeing like all the kids your age wearing like the EHF team jackets, see a bunch of the kids from the Eagles and the Terriers. And it was kind of like a who's who growing up. And um, when I got older and got the opportunity to maybe play in it, that was when like, I was like, okay, if I can play at one of these schools, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, my experiences were amazing. I was lucky enough to win two, lost one in uh, Heartbreaker, one nothing to be my junior year. Sophomore year got canceled, but the two that we won were, were both amazing. My, it was unbelievable to, to win it your first year. And then, you know, your last year was also amazing too. Um, both of those games were insane too. Two of the craziest games I've ever been a part of both overtimes and um, just an absolute blast. Can you talk about the shootout? I mean, like, I, I mean, our, we have listeners from all over uh, 
and BY and I were there, and your dad was right in front of us. Uh, Barry was on, like, you want to talk it, about it? Yeah, he, it was amazing. You so, sure, I you want to see sure some nerves. Cool oh collected. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't imagine how nervous he was. D- um. d- just break it down, right? So, <laughs> way you know, more like, nervous than you. And uh, before he tells that, so Mots and I had a uh, a little bet going. We had a, a buddy from Harvard in the box. We had a buddy from Northeastern in the box. And I went Northeastern and, and Mots went Harvard. So just, just I just well, he went Northeastern first. So I had to take Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to be like, yeah, Northeastern. There's no bet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had to do awesome. like five push ups or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> five crunches. Um, still still owe him. <laughs> that's awesome um yeah i think the whole game was was pretty crazy back and forth overtime was pretty insane as well i think chances I remember, everywhere chances Dude, was like, it was it was crazy. a breakaway to a two-on-one yeah. like, i was having a heart attack on the bench and then i was on the ice i got stuck out there for like two and a half minutes i was exhausted um and then you know yeah, the, the only one tied it was your old man in the stands jumping <laughs> up and down <laughs> I think the rule going to a shootout, like the rules are the rules, obviously in like a perfect world, it would have kept on going into overtime. Um, Cause that would have been a blast and hopefully, you know, we would have pulled it away with it. I think we would have, but went to a shootout and I think we all kind of knew if we can get one, then no one's going to score on, on Levi. Right. Um, right. So I was really nervous and I usually either go low blocker, um, which I've been doing forever since high school, this quick shot, low blocker or then a couple of the goalies and hockey's kind of have known. So I'd go back to the backhand and like do a deke, but bad ice. So nervous. I'm just keeping it simple and just shooting it. Um, and was super excited when it happened. Cause I knew that dev was going to, you know, they had a, I, I think every guy that they put out in the shootout played in the NHL that year too, but dev yeah. was all over it. <laughs> Can you and talk he about did Devin Levi? Yeah, like, that kid is, uh, he's fun to watch. Can you talk about him quickly? Yeah. He's, he's a different, breed of of a human he's uh an amazing guy like so personable um very well spoken super smart 4.0 computer science major like he's very bright kid really yeah but like he'll get lost walking on the rink every day like he's like very smart but like (laughs) (laughs) he like he's like so out to lunch too um (laughs) but like he was just he's so dialed in like he would eat every meal at the rink but he had like vr glasses he'd be doing goalie training with he's got these apps on his phone that train his eyes like he's 24 7 hockey all day long he's stretching he's foam rolling he's juggling like all day like he doesn't stop and i mean good for him i think not many people can do that because they go crazy but he can do it and um it's no surprise to see the success that he has because he just works so hard and he's just he's so good what do you think about his number (laughs) with buffalo yeah, what is it? Is it 29? 27. A 27? I think there's like a reason. He's he's all like he creates these like crazy stories in his head like <laughs> the world is against him and he's got to like you know prove everyone wrong which yeah. like no one really is against him anymore. He's definitely he's undersized and he kind of had like a late bloomer type thing but um I knew we we lost to Harvard like the the Buffalo GM came to see him play against Harvard in January. We lost like 8 to 2 and he got pulled and then he went back in. Cause he like, was pissed that he got pulled. So he went back in, but I just knew we're playing Harvard again. I'm like, this kid's been sitting in his room with the lights off for the last like two months. Yeah. Like, there's no way we're losing this game. So um, yeah, I don't know what 20 he's, he's got some different style and some wacky stuff, but he's a great guy. 
Yeah, unbelievable. I can't athlete. believe he's a, like. How can he be that fixated on on hockey, but also be a four computer science major? Like that's insane. And also, like, not know like what day it is or what time it is. Like, it's that's why he, people ask me to describe him, and it's like I don't know. Like, we're like, where did Dev go? It's like I got he saw a bird fly by, and he's chasing it down Huntington Ave. Like, no idea what he's doing. He's like, doing block essays on the <laughs> with the like, pigeons on, on Mass Ave right now. He's so smart, like academically, but and like so dialed into goaltending and like his physical and like mental health and everything. And like, he meditates and does all this stuff, but like, and he's very smart having a conversation with, but he's just like out to lunch. Like, I don't know how he does it. It's, it's pretty insane. Like how his brain works. Dude. I wonder yeah. if he needs like a personal walker. I'll like, if he wants to hire <laughs> Mots or I like, we could no. just like shadow him, make sure he doesn't get lost anywhere. Mots, we could drive him around and stuff. No, yeah, like, we, we're, we're like a service dog. <laughs> yeah, we were worried. I mean, exactly. <laughs> Well, we serve we service dogs for him. <laughs> yeah, like, get a little, yeah, a little vest in them. We we were worried with him going to Buffalo, not for hockey. Like we knew he'd be fine, but we were like, he would text me like we'd have a co- like coach Keith would send in the group like our right, guys meeting at like four, and he would text me at like three fifty two and be like, do we have a meeting at four? I'm like, yeah, and he'd be like, okay, and he'd like sprint to the rink because like his time perception so off. So we were like, he's gonna have to hire someone in buffalo to be like wake wake him up in the morning and like make sure he gets to everywhere when he needs to be at those certain places because like he gets lots of time juggling balls and looking at like video yeah that's amazing though yeah yeah yeah, i mean like you said um you score one and you were the one that scored it and he's shutting the door that's that's like the mentality that you guys probably had just being like hey he's gonna shut the door and you win your second bean pot uh amazing you know to be able to be there live and watch and so um so rewarding and so happy to see uh mom and dad enjoying that special moment you know just from the stand so we had uh we, we had a good we time with you the, we had them come in after up in they, the box yeah yeah little, yeah a, a little celebratory yeah right after we're the last ones out of the rink yeah, he was telling me all about it. Yeah, he was. They were all excited. Um, appreciate you inviting them up. But yeah, they uh, they had a blast, and um, that's the best part about winning it is to share with your friends and family. Uh, I had two Milton buddies going to school in Connecticut. When as soon as the game ended, they hopped in their car and drove up like oh, right away. Great. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, that's the best part is being able to share it with your with your friends and family for sure. That's unbelievable. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't get into the draft stuff, but you, you you were drafted. And, you know, to be able to sign that NHL contract after your your, your senior year, uh, what was that experience like? And, and you know, to go to Vancouver and, and play a handful of games. Yeah, it was, it was surreal. I think um, something that you kind of always hope, but you never really think it's going to come true, like, I think the goal is always just to play in college. Um, and then when that goes well, then you start to kind of move on to the next one and it's okay, get a contract at some point. Um, and then when it kind of comes through, it's, it's, it's amazing just to have your family and friends there all supporting you throughout your whole life. And, you know, they were all there and I was able to sign and then um, hopped on a plane and went right out to Arizona, met the team, spent a week with, with all the guys practicing and then got to play in a game in Chicago with, you know, 15 buddies and family members there. It's just the whole experience was a whirlwind. I it felt like it was two days, but it was actually two months. Like it went by so fast, but um, it was a dream come true. Um, and obviously something that, you know, I'll, 
a lot for the rest of my life, but hopefully that, you know, that's not the end of my time in the NHL. Hopefully there's, you know, a lot more games to go, but just to get that experience and live out that dream was, was amazing. So you score your first NHL goal. Uh, there's a, you know, a diaper buddy pretty much on the ice with you, <laughs> you know, Jack Rathbone. Do you guys have a picture or anything where, you know, you're celebrating your first NHL goal uh, together? Yeah, we do. Um, crazy that yeah, he was right there. He was a lefty. He had, and I think it was in Chicago. My first game, he pounded one from the point and the rebound came right out. And like, I, kind of missed the net or whatever it was and i was like thinking after after the game he's like dude if you put that in your first goal will be assisted by me yeah, and i was like that yeah. would be insane but um yeah i just remember scoring and turning and he was the first guy like more excited than i was to hug me and uh <laughs> we, we got a picture of it hopefully it'll be that'll be down the basement or in the man cave one day um but so crazy that you know he was right there next to me and uh so lucky to have him throughout this this whole time because um you know i didn't know anyone uh, going into Vancouver and then Connor Garland a little bit. So to have him by my side and kind of help me oh, with the guys or what, to, I had no idea what to wear, like all that stuff was, was really big help to have him there and crazy that he was next to me. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. What, great. uh, you know, can, can you talk about the, the expectations, um, you know, what you have coming up, obviously we're wrapping up summer here. It's a, you know, almost September, which is crazy. Crazy. Um, but, you know, what it looks like and then also your, your expectations for yourself, like where, you know, after getting your feet wet, you know, I'm sure there's some comfortability and where you feel good, you, you know, you're not going into Vancouver's camp kind of blind. Right. And obviously mm -hmm. having Bonesy there and having played six games and get your first goal, uh, you know, it must you, you must be pretty jacked up and, and you know, anxious to get there. Yeah, I definitely am really excited and anxious. Um, being an adult or so-called adult is a lot harder than you think with like shipping my car out and dealing with all this stuff of getting to place. And um, so that's been a bit of a change, but just really excited to get out there. I think having, um, you know, the opportunity last year to get my feet wet a little bit and meet all the staff, the trainers, a lot of the guys, uh, I just feel a lot more comfortable going into this year, knowing kind of what to expect. Uh, never been through a training camp, which I guess is a whole different animal. Um I'm sure but Rick I'm, Talkett and Adam Foote and those guys, they probably take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't they weren't like real hard nosed type guys at all. So. Yeah, we'll probably just be working probably on be like Michi a country club type. The we'll Michigan. Work, we'll work on, <laughs> work on the Michigan. Work on the Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure it'll be nice and easy. But uh no, I am really excited. Um I'm just looking to go prove myself. I think, you know, I showed like a little bit of what I can do. I think I could have been a lot better in the first six games that I had, but you know, I just kind of, I had no idea what I was doing out there. I just got, you know, I was so, I was nervous. And then once I kind of get the nerves die down, you're kind of, your mind's racing a million miles an hour because the games, you know, happen a lot faster. So I'm just looking to, you know, kind of make a name for myself and prove, you know, the people um, and the organization that, you know, I'm the guy that, that they think I can be and just continue to get better. I think that's been my biggest goal. It's just been to develop. And I just every day and every year, hopefully just take a step and hopefully this year, you know, take a bigger step and, you know, wherever I may end up, I'm, I want to go in there and, and steal a job. But at the end of the day, I, I want to get better throughout the season and, you know, week to week, month to month. And that's the biggest goal. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, we talked about staying in the present. You stayed in the present as you were kind of like an undersized kid in high school you kind of grow and like you're staying in the present, trying to be the best you can be at every level. And that's what you're going to do this year. Like it's, you know, 
it's really cool to see you know the the progression and you know develop development over the last you know since high school you know unless it's like you know eight years now right so yeah um the one thing that i did want to touch on was uh you know dina uh you know skating coach she is really you know influential in certain you know plays in the area here but what i the story that i heard is it doesn't matter if you're on the ice with eight-year-olds so you're this big hulking (laughs) northeastern hockey player captain of the hockey team but you're still doing the same skating as these kids that she's trying to develop uh you know and you're just putting the work in you always you know you mentioned earlier about like you know your skating wasn't great your shot wasn't great you work on those things and it does, you put the ego aside and you just make sure that you're getting the instruction and then you're working to the best of your ability to get better at it. Uh, can you just mention about that? Like, I mean, like I heard that story and, you know, my son went through, uh, you know, a couple of her skating sessions and stuff. But when I was talking to her, she really wanted to, like, make sure that I knew about that as you as a player, as a person. And uh, I think a lot of people like to, you know, kind of know that story in particular. But can you talk about it? Yeah, well, I, some of the kids now, the way they skate, they were doing laps around me, so I was uh, <laughs> trying to keep up with them. But, um, no, Dina's amazing. She cares so much about everyone that she works with, and she helped me so much. I started working with her, I think, right before my junior year um, of college, and, you know, I felt so much more comfortable on my edges, and I felt, you know, a lot quicker throughout after that, and I've worked with her since Um and I think, yeah, I just, she, I asked her, you know, if there's any ice available this week and she gave me the times and she was like, I hope there's a couple of younger kids out there. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. We're all doing the same stuff. We're all working, trying to get better. Uh, and the kids were, were they were really young, um, <laughs> but it's the same basic stuff. It's the edge work, it's the technique. It's doesn't matter how old you are. You, you know, Sidney Crosby works on his edge work. Like everyone, you know, you kind of getting back to the basics and working on that type of stuff. Um, and it was pretty cool. All the kids, like, I had like a, a stick that I got from school and they're all in awe that like I got the newest like vapor or whatever it was. Like they were all <laughs> jacked up and talking to me about it. But um, but yeah, that was really cool to, you know, see those younger kids and hopefully, you know, be a role model for for kids that age. Um, but yeah, you know, Medina's the best. So yeah, I, I loved hearing that story. That's awesome. No, Dina, uh, you know, Dina Taylor, who I'm on the ice with her quite a bit and she's just I love her. She's classic. Like yeah. she tells you exactly how it is, similar to a Tony Amonti, right? Like or, or a Mark Carlson or Jerry Keefe, whoever it may be. Like she's gonna put it on you no matter what. So that's that. That's great stuff. And uh, you know, and no matter what you are or what stage of the career you're you're in, she's gonna tell you exactly how she sees it. So hundred percent, one, one of her best qualities. Yeah, for uh, sure. Oh, great. Well, we're really pulling for you this year, Aiden, uh, you know, and, and, and everything. You got a bright future. It's been a it's been a treat to, um, you know, just to to be a fan of yours and watch you through Northeastern. And, and, you know, I know you're a very impactful kid in the community and, you know, growing up and melting. And, you know, you've made us proud because I know that next generation of kid, you're the you're that player that's really inspiring them. Right. I coach, you know, these. 2009s and 2011 kids that are Milton kids and like you're that guy right you're the guy that is hanging up on their wall so continue to make those kids proud and 
um, you know, hopefully you can give a nice inspirational speech back to the PS middle school like he gave to you someday. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll have it. His kicks, those looked expensive. I don't know if I'll have as nice kicks as he had on, but uh, maybe second contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. That's um, that's you know awesome to hear. So thank you very much. Well, yeah, we appreciate you taking the time, my man, and uh, travel safe out to uh, Vancouver and go get it. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Don't yeah, be denied. Great. Tell uh, tell your parents we said hello and 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 thanks again for taking the time. This uh, this has been awesome. I will for sure. Thank you, guys. I'll talk All to right. you. See you, buddy. <laughs> That interview was also brought to you by Spox. Spox is the at-home or on-the-road skate sharpening machine. Head on over to SpoxHockey.com and use BYMOTS for $50 off your Spox sharpener. Spox is the at-home skate sharpening machine that will never fail. Spox is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Spox, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. Yeah, great stuff with Sparks. And and really enjoyed the uh, interview with Aiden McDonough. Hopefully everybody that listened uh, did it well. But just a great story. Great kid. Obviously, his father, Barry, is a, is a friend of ours and, and a good guy. But just a personable kid, a kid that really gets it, works his butt off, uh, you know, and, and an insp- inspiring story, right? A kid that's worked for everything. He, he really gets it. Uh, he's currently, you know, he, he's made it through the second round of cuts with Vancouver and hopefully he sticks, but he's a kid that knows like, you know, he's already got his feet wet at the NHL level, but he's willing to pay the price and, and do whatever it takes. And he's done it at every level, right? At, at Whether it was youth hockey or going to there and being kind of an undersized kid, um, you know, but working his way up to being one of the best players at prep school, to go to the ushl right grind it out like it wasn't an easy adjustment but he figured it out and and same thing in northeastern he's had a heck of a run great kid and 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 you know look at with him yeah just a you can just hear it in his voice the excitement you know talking about the game talking about the development that he went through yeah it wasn't easy because but he stuck with it and um like you mentioned like at every single level you know, he wanted to be better and better and better. And that was kind of his goal, you know, just staying in the present like we, we always talk about. Um, he was a good athlete playing other sports, playing baseball, loved playing baseball in Milton. And, you know, I think the quote was getting down to the rank should be the best part of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like the one thing that you want that excitement, you want that you know, rush when you get to the rank and, and just be excited to get on the ice and excited to, you know, learn and, and try new things and and be, uh, you know, that competitor, internal competitor to be the best that you can be. And you can just kind of see it in his uh, his attitude and his game. And, yeah, Northeastern, he was, he was a goal-scoring machine. And right. he's expected to score at the NHL, and that's what he wants to do. You know, he has a great release. He's around the net. He's a big body. He's, he knows his game now. You know, and that's one of the biggest things, you know, any player needs to do is just find your game, know your game, know your strengths and, um, you know, always continue to work on your weaknesses. And he he talks about that with working with Dina, right? And skating with like young kids, you know, he he didn't care. I love that. No ego. Just get out there and continue to work on, you know, the, uh, the edge work and, 
you know, we always uh, we always say that you know that he can't be too good of a skater. He can't be too good of this, but like that proves it though. Like he's, he's right. you know, a, a top, you know, Hobie finalist type in college hockey. You know, leading the team in goals, and he's out there working with you know like eight year olds. No ego on that, and it just it just proves that you know he just wants to continually get better. Uh, someday he'll be able to show up to PS Middle School and and look like cool guy KY. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was a funny story, and 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 he, I said it in the interview too. He's he's like that next wave and that next kid that that's really inspiring the young kids and and kids really around uh, around town here really look up to him. So it's it's good stuff. Uh, my hockey rankings, like we we mentioned, and and we recorded an episode with those guys uh, earlier in the week. But make sure you check out where your team stacks up, myhockeyrankings.com. We had Neil and Ian uh, on from My My Hockey Rankings for episode 140. So check those guys out. Uh, Some great recap with those guys, and and, and hopefully uh, everybody enjoys. And Like I said, uh, you know, the the rankings right now, uh, the only thing that I would say is it's not where you start, it's where you finish. So people get all excited, and and I've seen – you know, even talking to my own teams, right? Oh, we're here, we're there. And I'm like, guys, it's not where you are right now. It's where you are come March, right? Or at, at the end, whenever the end of the season is. So relax, you know, it, it's it's a cool thing and it's good whether you, no matter where you are in the rankings, right? And I like how Neil and Ian really break down uh, what the rankings are for. And it's great to be up high in those rankings, but um you know, don't get too caught up in like, oh, we're here now, right? Because it's a long season, and and you know, just relax. That you can always climb, you can always fall. Yeah, and just the gathering of data over the course of the season, you're going to be slotted, you know, appropriately, you know, through the rankings. So, yep. You know, you, you might be a little low now, a little high, whatever it is. But the whole point is just go out and play well, and you know, rack up some wins. If you're, uh, you know, at certain ages, like the wins are more important, right? You know, the developmental, you know, you're always trying to get better, but sometimes those things can get skewed if you're really focused on the wrong things. And the rankings do help in so many areas, and, and they describe them, you know, just to be you know, tournament appropriate, you know, talent appropriate if you go into a, a showcase or whatever. So, um, they do a great job, and you know, there's a lot of information that they have to sort through. That was it was pretty impressive. How many, uh, you know, how many game games? games, yeah, yeah. And, and then how they have to punch it all in, and yeah. it's um, it's an impressive uh, kind of algorithm to be able to help the masses in the hockey in the hockey world. You know, from coaches to directors and you know organizations. So. Good on them, and they were, they were great to uh, have on. I can't wait to see him in person again. Yeah, no, great guys. Uh, speaking of rankings, obviously the the college ha- hockey rankings, preseason rankings have come out, and obviously, um, you know, the, I'm not sure if you saw it, but the the U.S. College Hockey Online preseason rankings. So you got BU up top, Quinnipiac, Minnesota, Denver, Michigan. Um, you know, BC right in the mix and in, in, in sixth place. So exciting times and, and similar to, to that hockey buzz, right? We get preseason NHL going on and it's cool. I can't wait to catch up some, you know, catch up with some uh, college games, especially locally here, obviously Northeast and Harvard, so many good 
um, you know, to just right here in Boston, right? And I hope to catch UNH and Maine, some of these uh, local hockey schools, and 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 you know, watch watch all these games. It's uh, it, it really is exciting, and I know BU, uh, you know, talking to to Pandolfo, he's pretty excited about his group, and I talked to Brennan Buckley and Gares. Those guys are really excited about the incoming freshman class at BC, and uh, so it's it, it fun times. It really is. Yeah, it's exciting when you see some local teams and in the top 10 and you know it's good hockey no matter what um and the good thing about college hockey now too is it's getting a little bit more tv time it is see some of those western teams that you might not be able to uh at times unless they come east and you catch them Mm -hmm. but yeah just being able to see some games and see some of the talent that's that's out there at that uh division one level is pretty impressive so yeah i'm pumped uh for that season to, to start as well so we got yeah. a lot of great hockey to I look forward to coming up. Yeah, exactly. Not going to be spending much, you know, unless we're watching games on the couch, we're not going to be spending too much time at, at, at home. We'll be trying to catch as many of these games as possible. And and, and just today uh, just came out that Cole Eiserman, who, you know, local kid, grew up here in Newburyport, Mass. And, and I know his older brother uh, was a UNH guy. And he's actually a twin. I, I you know, my 06s when I, we were younger, growing up, played against them. But he's had a, uh, you know, he's he's a young stud. Uh, he's out at the National Development Program. He's been there for, this is his second year, was one of the leading goal scorers out there last year. And kind of surprised people a while back when, when he made his commitment to the University of Minnesota. But he's been out at Shattuck. He's been with the, the development program now for a couple of years. So I guess it wasn't too crazy. But, you know, it's just very rare that you have a mass kid commit to the University of Minnesota. But he just uh, decommitted and, you know, recommitted to go to BU, which is, you know, really exciting. Uh, another 06 and, you know, another kid that, you know, him and Macklin Celebrini are basically the two highest rated um, players in the, um, you know, 2024 draft. So, you know, according to to the, the hockey guru inside of Bob McKenzie. So you got Macklin and Cel- – I'm sorry, you got Macklin Celebrini and – um, you know, Cole Eisenman that are both going to be at, at BU, who knows for how long, but it's kind of, uh, you know, exciting turn of events here. And obviously I, I'm sure, like I said, uh, you know, BU, they're, they're pretty excited about getting this kid, deciding to stay more close to home than being Minnesota. Right. Yeah. Nah, that's, I mean, I remember watching him, you know, playing in that Oh six level, they mm-hmm. played after our, our team and, he immediately jumped, jumped out. Uh, yep. This is when they were young, and but yeah, he, he was on the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, he continued to get better and has a amazing release and is a true goal scorer. Um, you know, so what a great pickup by uh, Pando and, and the BU Terriers. And you know, you can't really blame him. He's he's been away for so long, right? right. So if you want to come home and play for a great coach and a great program might as well, you know, pick BU and, and be, you know, close to home. I mean, I wouldn't mind him going to BC too with, you know, some yeah. of those guys. <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't. I was over the UNH thing. The, he, this kid could turn around UNH and it, with the snap of his fingers. Yeah. No, that's a good know? point. And his brother, his brother is, a, is an alumni. Yeah. I remember watching him when I was scouting. Uh, he, right. I liked his game. Right. Right, strong player, and um, you know, but 
Cole is a different animal. You know, again, true goal scorer and watched a bunch of uh, like the U18 uh, um, tournament that he was in. You know, had almost a goal a game. You know, just was dangerous in that slot area. But he uh, he creates and um, happy for him to, to come back home. Yeah, and I'm sure the uh, the youngest, um, you know, Lane Hudson's younger brother there, I forget his first name, but he's out of the development program. He's going to be a BU kid, and, you know, he's probably been feeding them one-timers on the power play now for two years in a row. So yeah, I'm sure he had something to do with it. Uh, so it is it, it, exciting times and, and really, you know, happy for, uh, for the BU Terriers, right? They, they just keep getting better and better. But it just proves, you know, former guest, rink shrinks, Coach Pandolfo, he's he's got everybody, and obviously Joe Pereira, and they do it. They they do they they do a really good job over there, and making it to national pro championship last year was uh was a you know exciting times over in Terrier Land. Yeah, but we, when we had Pando on, you can just tell like his work ethic. Number one, I was his teammate in New Jersey and Long Island, but his work ethic as a player was you know second to none. You know, it was always. You know, um, in the in the weight room, on the ice early, working on his game. And then he played such a responsible game, and and we talked about this, but like he kind of you know morphed into a defensive player, but he scored thirty eight goals his senior year. Oh, it's phenomenal! I remember watching him. Yeah, so I mean, just to be able to adapt and play and take on a role, you know, be selfless. But he's translated that into his coaching style, you know, and just kind of applied you know, his person and his work ethic. So that te- the team's going to be, you know, structured and play hard and, um, you know, and be good kids along the way. So congrats to Pando for picking up another quality player and, you know, you can shape him uh, into a, a good pro. Yeah, the Eisenman kid too. I remember watching him just as, as a young kid. He just loves to score goals. And I can remember him, you know, at, even at like the might squirt level, like he had that mentality where, it, you know, he didn't put the puck in the, he had a scoring opportunity, he missed it. Like he put, he was hard on himself where he just really was like hungry and wanted to score goals, which is a tough thing to teach. So it's good. I got a, I, I, you know, I got one thing before we go. So I got a picture sent to me over the weekend and it was, like an unruly parent in the rink, like yelling and screaming at the referees. But he was sitting under a blanket with his wife. And I'm like, that's like a big no-no. Like it's one thing to be like a jackass in the rink. But if you're like the guy that's like sitting under a blanket in the rink, it's just a soft look even. So like, can how can the, the ref even take you serious for being that kind of, you know, Obviously, you're a donkey for yelling and screaming in the stands, but now, like, you're the blanket guy, too? Like, come on. Is it like that? That should be like a hot ass rule that if you're going to be a hard O in the rink, you can't be sitting down in the stands with your wife sharing a blanket. Am sure. I right? Yeah, no, I absolutely sharing a blanket. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not promoting being a hot ass in the rink, anyways, no. but I'm saying it's like the golden rule that if you're going to be that guy, you can't be like the soft guy with a hot cocoa and a yeah, like a like a blanket on. Like, are you kidding? How disgusting is that? <laughs> yeah, it so, really is. So that, that's like, a big how can gift. anybody expect you to be like hard when you're like you have a blanket wrapped around you sitting in the stands? Yeah, I, I mean that's it is a no no. So 
no, no blankets. <laughs> and, and no yelling. And, and no yelling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, but it's if you're going to be a hard ass in the rink, you definitely can't be a blanket guy. <laughs> Good point. Right? Yeah. Like I saw the picture, like a buddy of mine sent me the picture. I'm like, what? He's like, this, this, this guy's out of control, yelling and screaming at the referees, chirping him. And he's sitting in the stands with his wife under a blanket. I'm like, what? That's just a huge, that's just like, that's a fine. You should be fine for that. Yeah. I'm throwing out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, great stuff, Mott. Uh, obviously, thank you to Aiden McDonough, McDonough for, for, for jumping on. He was fantastic. Uh, unless you have anything else, Mott, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure you log on to betonline.ag. Remember to use that promo code, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is where the game starts. Uh, thank you to everybody and, and you know, our sponsors, right, that help us provide you with this free content every week. Uh, My Hockey Rankings, TSR Hockey, Franklin Sports, and Spark Hockey. We really appreciate those guys. Yeah, thanks to Aiden McDonough for taking the time out. And I'm uh, I'm pumped to see where, you know, he's going to slot. Uh, he was playing with a couple of good players the other, other night. So hopefully he does uh, his his part and makes the, the club coming out of training camp and doesn't look back. So great kid, great interview, uh, a lot of great little uh, snippets of, you know, kind of his path, which really uh, was exciting to hear, you know, just kind of that – mentality that drive at every level Mm -hmm. so we appreciate his time and uh thank you to the sponsors as well yeah thanks to the sponsors and thanks to all you listeners and it's time to cue the rink shrink shuffle jersey